Because I think a lot of times when you do that, that halts your voice. That makes you even more so unsure to speak your truth. What I had to do was in my personal time, I had to sit with myself and say, what is it that I want? What is it that I really feel has been planted in me to speak? What about my past? Is something that someone else can learn from, can benefit from, and not worry about what everyone else was doing. Because a lot of times when you start speaking about what you're thinking of doing, you're given a lot of reasons why you shouldn't do it. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another week of the Team Please podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and I am very tired. I'm very tired today, and I'm very tired in general. We're still coming down off of all of the wedding things, and um, the honeymoon was awesome, and it just wore us out a little bit, so it was kind of tough getting back into the swing of things last week, So, and then we're like completely switching gears to now focus on the house that we closed on the week before our wedding. Um, so we've been over there a lot, just getting a game plan in order for all the renovations that need to be done because basically the whole thing needs to be redone. So we're trying to figure out how to do that the most efficient way and can we move in, when can we move in and all of that stuff. So we just noticed a lot was going on. Our apartment was getting a little bit too messy and cluttered, and that is a sign for us that we need to slow down if we're not like taking care of the dishes or like doing other things like that. It typically means that we just have too much going on in other areas and we're letting stuff slide. So we took today, Sunday, to like reset, and it felt really good. I will definitely be posting and documenting our renovation process, so follow me over on my personal account on Instagram. I split my Instagram accounts. I am trying to get a game plan with my Instagram and what I want to share and where I want to share it, but for now, I have my personal account. It's at sarah.alfers, and then I have the podcast account still at the Tea Please podcast. The podcast account is going to be a lot of information on guests, and in my head, I have you know grand plans of creating more content around the topics that we discuss um, and have different graphics and things. So follow both accounts. I love to connect with you on both. You are definitely in for a treat with this week's episode. This episode was really fun for me because I connected with Elisa in my inbox a few weeks ago and um, she told me that she was a boutique fitness owner so she has her own fitness studio and she actually used the software that uh, my old company provides. So she, we have that connection through my old company that has definitely helped me get to where I am today. And I had great experiences there. And I was just so used to talking to business owners like her who had their own gyms that they were really passionate about and hearing about how much they care for their communities. And Elisa is exactly that. She cares so much about her community. And this podcast episode kind of gears towards entrepreneurial advice and how to start a business. But I think everything that Elisa says is just applicable to how to live your life in general. We talk a lot about intentionality with communications and relationships and how that can help us um, have a richer life. And then you know, build a community if that's something that you're looking to do. And we talk a lot about fears and overcoming fears to get where we want to be and how to really discern like what is a fear that's telling you like, no, that's dangerous, don't do it. And what is a fear that we kind of need to like put to rest, put behind us in order to get where we know that we're supposed to go. So this episode is such a treat. Elisa has so many nuggets of encouragement and wisdom that she drops in here. And I really hope you like it. So to give you a little bit back history, I had a corporate life where I was in global managed global investment management and I transitioned because it's so difficult in the global world or the corporate world and um, I just wanted something that was more profound, that was more stable. So that led me to... Sorry, I have a question. What is global investment management? Because to me, that's just like as corporate as it could be. I have no idea what that means. So global investment management is where you have an individual or a company that wants to invest. Then you have smaller companies that's like, hey, we need to borrow money. So we facilitated that bridge of that investment. 
So for instance, if you were a multimillionaire and I'm a startup company and I'm like, hey, I want to borrow money, but I don't know where to go. And you may say, I'm really interested in a small business. Then you could lend to me as a small business owner. Okay. So it's a big old fancy name to kind of say you have a lender and you have a person who needs the money. You put them together and now you help someone live their dreams. But globally, right? But globally. Okay. So a lot of our clients could have been in Japan. They could have been in Korea. They could have been in India. It did not matter. Cool. That sounds very boring to me. <laughs> it is very boring. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you move to? So I moved to my fitness studio, which is called Art Fitness. So in 2011, during a recession, I decided to launch something that Delaware has never had, which is a boutique-style fitness studio, where the concept was to focus on the individual, make them feel valued, make them feel important, and get away from the vanity of exercise and individuals who, oh, I want to get ready for a wedding, I want to get ready for the summer, and really dig down to what's motivating a person to get fit. What is their overall wellness that they're looking to accomplish? And then when you dig down into that, then you have something that will allow them to, that will allow you to keep them accountable. So if you get past the surface and you get more down to the emotional drivers as to why a person wants to be healthy, why a person wants to get fit, it helps them stay motivated. It goes beyond the physical. So once I've helped you achieve your physical, what's next? What else can I help you achieve? And a lot of times for women, it's building that self-confidence. And it's making you feel like you're worthy, like you're valued, and like you can accomplish whatever those things are that you would like to accomplish. And so I set out to build this community where we were very specific on our clientele very specific on the type of individual we wanted to help. And by doing that and creating intentional relationships, we've been around 10 years as of September. We've survived a recession and a pandemic. And it's a community that's full of love, full of support, and full of encouragement. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I mean, that's a true testament to the community that you are building because... I mean, we just went through something really tough as a nation, and I I worked in the space that you are in, Boutique Fitness, my old company. We just talked about this offline for everyone who missed our personal conversation before I clicked record. And we see that people drop off. You know, they're not, they, they're not going to pay for a membership that they can't use. And so the fact that you have had this community sustained for a long time is really a testament to that connection and what it can do in someone's life. How do you think that would be different, like, if maybe your focus mm-hmm. was different, if you weren't so focused on cultivating the relationships and more about the numbers? I guess, like, can you talk us through how you approached building a community-based business where those you knew that those relationships were going to be important? So first and foremost, the one thing I wanted to convey to all of our clients, even when they called us on the phone or came in for a consultation, was... I don't want to talk about money. I don't want to talk about the dollar signs associated to your goal. I want to talk about you. Let me learn about you, what you aspire to do, what you wish you could do, what does your family life look like, what does, what wakes you up every morning and keeps you motivated. And I think by showing them from the very first contact that I care about them, made all the difference. It set me apart and it set my studio apart from other facilities. So when you have something like a pandemic, it becomes more, I'm calling, I'm texting, I'm emailing to see how you are doing, to get a gauge, how is your family? How are you holding up mentally, not just physical? And showing that that care, it takes you beyond a dollar sign. It takes you beyond that current sale. I always had virtual training as an option because a lot of my clients traveled. They have full lives. They work in corporate America. They own their own businesses. 
and letting them know that regardless of where you are, you are a priority. Never stop driving and pushing towards what it is you want to do. When it came to a situation like the pandemic, it was an easy transition. And it became less about let's exercise and more about, hey, this is a check-in. How are you feeling? Let's talk through those emotions. So you don't binge eat. So you still feel motivated to exercise so that we don't lose that pulse on a mental compass. I know that a lot of fitness businesses say the same thing because they know that the connection is what sells, but they don't know how to do it or they're not doing it authentically. And we all know that you can tell. So if someone's reaching out and asking like, hey, how are you doing mentally? Like, how is that different for what you do versus like other fitness businesses? I'm just thinking, cause I, like, like I said, I know that businesses say that, that it's all about community and you're, you're gonna get a connection here and you're gonna get this like family-like community, but then they don't know how to cultivate that. Like, how do you, like what secret sauce do you think that you have? Or like advice would you have for someone who's trying to build a community to actually execute that? Like what gets in our way when we're trying to do that? And then it's not happening. To me, you have to be intentional from the very start. A lot of those connections don't start in the midst of trouble, in the midst of a pandemic. They start from the very first interaction. So when someone calls my studio or someone comes in, it's they are greeted with a warm presence. One of the first questions I ask is, tell me about yourself. And then when they get in, oh, I want to lose weight. I want to do this. Tell me more. Why do you want to lose weight? And I get more to who they are as a person. And in every interaction, I'm very intentional with the questions that I ask. I listen and I am present. So when I hear that they are talking about something happening in their life, something happening at work, I make a mental note and I go back and I ask. And I follow up with them so that they know, oh, you are listening oh, you are paying attention. And part of our interaction is when we're having that conversation, I tell them, I'm here for you. I don't care about your coworkers. I don't care about your husband. I don't care about your children. I care about you. So if you're having a bad day, this should be your happy place. You can come in and say, you know what? This person got on my nerves. I need to throw some balls. This person is annoying me. I need to just scream. And if our session consists of you talking and crying in my office, it was a it was a well deserved and well needed session. If it's I just need to walk, I just need to scream. Whatever it is, I leave that space available for my clients to have, so they know this goes deeper and it goes further than just us exercising. And how much you're paying me every month. And when you're doing that, are you like focused on that dollar amount or like closing the sale or making sure they come back? Or like, I guess, how would you frame that? Because I just think there's a difference like in being intentional to try and appease like that human connection that we know sells and gets people hooked. And then actually just being a good person and extending like empathy and kindness to other humans that is working in your favor but maybe that's not like what you're thinking about in the moment with them so for my studio art fitness we go through two levels two to three levels of interviews the first level is tell me about yourself what are you looking for what are the things that are most important to you what is your timeline And as we're talking through that with them, at the end of the conversation, what I say is this is what we have to offer. This is our programming. This is our price. Is that in your budget? And the answer is usually yes or no. If they say yes, that's absolutely in my budget. The next stage is to schedule them to come into the studio and have a face-to-face. And I set the intention and I set the expectation at every stage of our interaction. So they know, all right, we discussed pricing. You said it's in your budget. The next step is to come in. At that next level, we're gonna dive deeper into your goals, your personal life, your business life, your limitations, your health issues. You're gonna sign up 
and then we'll start the very next week or the very next day. So then when they come in, we're not talking about pricing. We're not focused on what the next steps is because I already laid that out on the phone. Now I can focus on you. Now I can focus and do a deep dive on what is the emotional drivers that have you now wanting to get healthy, now living a better life. When we go through all of that, the last step is when do you want to start? What are the days that you would like to train? How committed are you? So we don't make pricing the focal point. And like I tell them, this is the only time we'll talk about price is during that in-studio consultation. We'll do all the paperwork. We don't talk about pricing. Yeah, anymore. I was just going to say I can hear like the, in- the intentionality that you're talking about is how you frame that conversation. Because people know that pricing is going to come up and they know that you're going to want them to sign on. But being able to say, like, this is my plan and how I'm going to communicate that to you in every step of the way so you know. I'm not going to trick you into being buddy-buddy with me and then slide in, like, a deal or something. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I can I can hear how intentional you're being. And it definitely seems like this is a better route for you compared to maybe your corporate job. Um you mentioned when we first connected that during that time you might have had like some difficulty finding your voice, which is something we've talked about on the podcast before. So mm-hmm. I'm curious, what what did that look like for you? And how did you, what did it look like to find it? Like, what was that journey like? So I think we spent a big chunk of our life finding our voice, fine tuning our life and finding what our purpose is and what our call in life is to, to become or to do or to share. And I think for me, I always had that voice inside of me. I just did not have the confidence to share or to be vulnerable. And a big part of sharing your voice is being okay being transparent, being okay being vulnerable. Hey, I don't have the perfect background, but that's part of my journey. That seasoning that I've had in my journey is going to allow me to help you because now I can better understand your journey. I can better guide you. I can now help you find your voice because I know how difficult it was and is for me to have mine and to accept that we're not perfect. We're always a work in progress and that you can say something, oh, I killed that interview. Go back and hear it and be like, ooh, I could have did something better. Oh, I wish mm-hmm. I said that. And then just being comfortable in being imperfect and knowing that regardless what your message is, someone can benefit from it and someone can learn from it. And for me, it's being told no or that I couldn't do something that just helped build my confidence to save my voice and dealing with so many women who have low self-esteem, low confidence, and I see them shine and I see their potential. And it's just like, hey, speak up. You have a wonderful story. You should so go after that dream and hearing them, oh, I'm too scared. What are you scared of? What if I'm not perfect? What if I'm rejected? What if people don't like what I have to say? What if they do? And it's just taking small little steps every single day, pushing yourself out of that comfort zone and realizing that your voice does make a difference and that it is impactful in someone's life. I don't know if we're ever going to feel like we're on the other side of that thought or like those feelings because I am definitely still like struggling with a lot of what you just mentioned but I was deep in it a few years ago and really saying a lot of the stuff that you just said about showing up online in any capacity like well it's gonna be weird I don't even know how to be myself like my family's gonna be watching me I don't want them to disapprove I don't want my friend you know just all the thoughts and then Like something that I've really been thinking about lately is like what you mentioned too of like everyone, Mm -hmm. if you have something to share, like you need to share it because especially if it's going to like help someone or if that's your intention is like, wow, I just hope this helps people like share that thing. And I think I had a different lens growing up. I had like a very safe, nice upbringing. So I didn't really know like the problems that were going on. And I have a little bit of a different lens now as an adult, and I know a little bit more about the world and what's going on. And like, it's not great. 
So if you have something great that you do want to share, more people need to be sharing that. I think I was held back because I thought like, oh, things are pretty good. Like there's a lot of people doing better things and like they got it and I have no place in that. So I think even recognizing like, wow, there's still a lot of stuff that we all need to be doing. And like I can help be a voice in that too is something that like empowered me to be able to do that. But even with that, that's a wonderful story because there are so many people who have that same view who feel, oh, I don't know what's going on in the world. I didn't realize it was that bad. My words mean nothing. It does mean something. Being able to realize, oh, I'm looking at life now through a different lens because I see the world for what it is. I see the issues that the world is having and me changing my view can make a difference in someone else who had who had the same view that you did. So that alone is an amazing story to share and an amazing voice to constantly speak about. Because there are so many people out there who don't have that voice yet to be that transparent and be that honest. So congrats to you for that. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm still still working on it. I think I've always had that. And that's what I'm, I'm fighting against because we have so much, like online is such a weird world and I don't think anyone knows how to, it, like we're not the same person online as we are in, in the flesh. Like I strive to be as close to that as I can and like fluid across digital and in-person interactions. I want to be the same person, but we're impacted and we're influenced a lot by what other people post and what other people think. And so I find myself acting a certain way or worried about something online for that reason. And it's just like, there's just so much more to it that I, yeah, I think more people, I want more people to feel empowered to share whatever it is. And like, it's okay if you get it wrong because you get it wrong in person. But anyway, my point was that I, I shared a lot with my, my friends. I, like I was able to have the conversations that I'm having on a microphone with my inner circle, but was really scared to bring them to people that I don't know. Right. And it, it's a big step to do that. And I know you had to make a big leap from corporate to not and finding your voice. Was that like, was it more of a process for you or is it like a, I'm doing this, like let's go all in. So finding my voice was more not listening to the outside individuals, not listening to my inner circle, not going to social media or online and focusing on what everyone else is doing. Because I think a lot of times when you do that, that halts your voice. That makes you even more so unsure to speak your truth. What I had to do was in my personal time, I had to sit with myself and say, what is it that I want? What is it that I really feel has been planted in me to speak? What about my past? Is something that someone else can learn from, can benefit from, and not worry about what everyone else was doing? Because a lot of times when you start speaking about what you're thinking of doing, you're given a lot of reasons why you shouldn't do it. You're given a lot of reasons why it won't work. And a lot of times that can make you doubt yourself. So taking that personal time to sit silently and reflect and say, what do I want? Regardless of what the outcome looks like, regardless of what everyone else is doing, what is it that I want? One of the things I learned about myself early on is if you tell me that everybody's going left, I'm going to intentionally go right. Just because I want to see, well, what's over here? Why don't you want me to go over there? And yeah, you said that about people telling you no, right? Right. Like, I call them my naysayers. Anytime someone says to me, oh, don't do that. Don't pursue that dream. Why not? Why shouldn't I? Is it your fear? Or is there a valid reason why I should not do it? And mm. usually when I go against that or I use those naysayers as fuel, I'm always so much more pleased so much more excited and so much more motivated like wow what else is over here what else can i achieve you thought i couldn't do that so what else can i do and it just pushes me more and more each day to pursue the opposite of what everyone else is doing and i use the same with social media you always hear create this content 
post this. You need to post this amount of time. You need to be doing this. Okay, what if I don't do that? Is there another way to do it? Which is one, I don't focus on my followers. I focus on if I have 100 followers, are those good intentional relationships or are those just followers? And you fall into that trap, oh, I need more followers to be examples or to be um, successful. I need more followers to achieve what I want to achieve. But if I stay true to being intentional and doing everything while being present and being purposeful, you don't need a lot. You just need to pour into those interactions that you have and just take care of that small group you have instead of always wondering, I need more, I need more. Why don't I have more? And comparing yourself to other people. Just focus on you, your voice, your purpose, and stay true to that. Yeah, I, again, totally resonate with what you just said because I'm in the beginning stages of growing something And so I have those thoughts all the time of like, well, I need to get more followers or whatever. And I always try to like put it in real life like settings because it's so easy to just like chalk it up to a number on a screen. Mm -hmm. But like if you have 100 followers, like 100 is a lot. And if you talk to 100 people like in person, that would feel like a lot. So it's just all perspective that I feel like gets kind of lost online. Mm -hmm. And I love that you like really call out that that was the focus because I think this is the theory I'm testing because I'm not on the other side of having like thousands of followers. So I'm testing. But I think that if you do focus on those relationships and if you find people, if you're doing something and you're finding people that really resonate and you're connecting with them and you're like having conversations regularly online or whatever, Chances are there's more people like them that are out there that in time, like, will find you and will help you build what you're trying to build. Um, but I think, yeah, so often it's it's hard to focus on that. And I wanted to ask you again about, um, like, you mentioned fear mm-hmm. a little bit there and and um, saying no. I wanted to go back just a little bit because I that's one of my fears. So I want to ask you what one of what like some of the fears are that you dealt with moving out of your nine to five and then also what you're dealing with now. But for me, like some of the fears that I have is still people saying no. So I, I think it's so funny to talk to people who are like you and say like, when someone tells me no, I'm going to do the opposite thing. Like if someone tells me no, I'm like, Oh, okay. I should listen. Like they probably know more than I do. Like I have a huge self self trust problem. So I like will trust what anyone ever tells me. So if if they tell me no, I'm like, wow, they must know something that I don't. So I'm not going to do that. It's like so much fear that I'm trying to work against. Um, so I just think that's funny that that's like the total opposite, but I'm curious what some of your fears are that you faced in your journey in your career. So one of my biggest fear was judgment and rejection. More so us as women, our battle to climb any type of ladder is always twice as hard. And we are pleasers. We are nurturers. We want to have people say, oh, that's wonderful. Oh, that's a great idea that when they don't, it makes us second guess our journey it makes us second guess our thoughts so for me or when when something makes me fearful i have to look into myself and say why does this make me fearful why do i care what someone else says for every no there is someone out there waiting to say yes for every individual that says no that's not going to work all i need is one person to tell me that it will work and you always hear little kids When you tell them, no, you can't do that. But why? Because I said you can't do it. But why? I want to do that. But why? Us as adults, we have to get to a place when we're like, but why? Why are you telling me no? And when you drill down on someone telling you no, and you drill down enough, you'll find that the fear that they're projecting is their own fear. They're telling you no, like, no, don't do that because they don't have the courage to do it. But from the outside looking in, if you push past that, Mm -hmm. if you persevere past that and you accomplish your goal, even if it's small, that other woman or that other individual who said, no, you cannot do that, you potentially change their life. Like, wow, maybe I don't have to be as fearful. 
Maybe I can have a little bit more courage. If she can do it, I can do it. The same fears you stated you had about you're a trustful person. So many women have that. And even I encounter that. If there's someone who has accomplished more than me and they're telling me, nah, you shouldn't do that. I'm like, really? She would know better. Maybe I shouldn't. But then it motivates me. Mm-hmm. Well, why shouldn't I? Why can't I? Why wouldn't this work for me? Always having that mentality of questioning why. Even myself, if I'm like, oh, I'm scared to do that. Go back to why am I scared to do that? And what I have found is it takes me back to that little girl and that little girl who was told she was unworthy, that she couldn't be a particular person or a particular thing, to sit and be quiet, to sit and be this little girl. When I'm fearful or I have that judgment, I go back to why am I that way? Why can't I at least try? And when I sit alone with that little girl, I'm like, oh, let me talk to this little girl and tell her how wonderful she can be. Let me tell her she doesn't have to be as fearful as she is to just try. And if it does not work, let's try something else. Let's learn from why it didn't work and say, okay, how can we tweak it? How can we do something different and take everything that we overcome in life and use it as a learning experience, not as an obstacle. If you reach out to someone and you don't get a response back, hmm, why didn't I get a response? Let me reach out to four more people. Let me revise how I'm wording what I'm sending. Maybe let me learn, well, did I have the right energy? Did I say the right words? Did I wear the right outfit? What could I have done differently? And tweak it and tweak the next thing until you have it perfected. Mm -hmm. And right when you think you have it perfected, you'll have to change it again. And it's okay. Yeah, the journey is definitely never going to stop. And I'm thinking like as you're going through a lot of like the super gold nuggets of advice that you just dropped, I think some of it we've heard before. And I think like Mm -hmm. there's so much power in that too, specifically when you were talking about – this is where that's coming from, from like my younger self. And this was my experience. And this is how it's showing up as an adult. I have a lot of unanswered tendencies that I'm like, why am I like that? I have no idea. And I like wish that I could be able to pinpoint it so that I could solve it quickly. So I think it's important to call out too, that we might not know the answer to the questions. Like knowing the question is step one. And then step two is sitting with it long enough to answer it. And mm-hmm. like, it's okay if you don't know the answer right away. And yeah, I, I always just want to encourage people to keep going. Like of all, I've consumed so much business advice and like self-improvement advice. And I, I'm always trying to be better and understand like how I think, how I feel, understand myself in that way. And I get frustrated sometimes with, not knowing what to do with everything that's out there. So I just want to encourage people to like keep going. And that was one thing that I maybe I I'm like hesitant to say, maybe the most important like advice ever is just, it's like, don't stop. When I started the podcast and when I started showing up online, Mm -hmm. I was just like, I can't stop. And that doesn't mean keep doing the same thing over and over again. And don't ever stop doing that. It means don't stop trying and asking the questions and figuring it out. And it sounds like you've done that with making a huge leap from the corporate world into your own business. And then also another new business, right? Is that launched yet? Or tell us, tell us about what you have coming down the pipeline. Oh, so Sisu Athletics, which is a women's apparel brand. And what motivated me to do that is my beautiful clients from my studio. And to your earlier point of never stop and always rediscovering yourself, it's you can start down one path and think that this is it. This is what I was meant to do. This is who I was meant to be. And then something will shift you and something will take you in another direction. And it's like, oh, maybe this is what I was meant Mm -hmm. to do. Maybe this is the direction I was meant to go in. And you could go in both. 
And you can do multiple things that just feed off of the other thing that you did in the beginning that you didn't think was going to look like what it looks like now. And CSU Athletics came to me from speaking to my clients and hearing how they had to change multiple times during the day to transition through their day. Through their day. They had clothes that just didn't fit right, that they had to go up a size to fit their wide shoulders, to fit their legs, to fit their hips. And it's just like, hmm, what if there was an apparel brand that could meet the needs of our quote unquote today's woman? The woman who is not shaped in the perfect size too, who doesn't have the hourglass body, but has some years on her, that has some experience on her, and make her look beautiful, fit her perfectly, empower her, encourage her to push and keep going and look amazing while doing it. And that inspired me to research the fashion industry, research the materials that were out there, research the companies that were out there, and create something that I felt was missing in today's industry. And that is clothes that look good, that feel good, that complement every woman, regardless of her shape. And so Sisu Athletics will be launching the fall of this year. Yay, that's so exciting. I can't wait. Um, I know I checked out the website and everything, and it seems like, is it, it's, you, is it transitional pieces, like workout? Like, how yeah. does that? So there's, you know, in fashion or with anything, there's always the newest trend. There's always the newest, quote, unquote, bait word for any fashion trend. So a couple years back, you have athletic leisure, which was athletic clothes that can be worn in leisure time. And now you have something that's called work leisure, mm -hmm. which is just basically performance fabrics or technical fabrics that now resemble workwear or leisure wear. So CSU Athletics is putting a spin on the athletic leisure world and the work leisure. And it is exactly like you said, it's transitional wear. It's wear that can transition a woman through her day it can transition you through the seasons. The same button-up top that you wear in the spring, you can wear in the summer, you can wear it in the fall, you can wear it to go to work, you can wear it at the gym, you can wear it to run errands. It is that go-to piece when you know you have a busy day full of activities. You don't have to pack a lot of bags to change throughout the day. You have those key essential pieces that transition you through the day. Yeah, I love it. I know that people are not down to wear uncomfortable clothes, especially after this year going back to work. I know we're going back to the office in the summer. And I specifically like loved Zen Planner, the company that I used to work at, um, because they didn't like you could wear whatever you wanted. I could wear this and I'm wearing like yoga pants and a T-shirt and because they were a fitness company. You know, I didn't want to go to an office and wear pants. <laughs> so I think that's awesome. And I, I, I know I have some friends who would be interested in like that specific type of outfit and clothing because of their jobs. And it, yeah, we're, we, there's no time to be uncomfortable with like, we don't need to do that anymore, especially because there is like new technologies and fabrics and stuff. So that's awesome. I'm really excited for you to launch. Yeah, I am too. It's been an amazing journey. And again, I've been confronted with so many naysayers, especially like oh who God. launches a fashion line during a pandemic? Who thinks to start a new business adventure when so many businesses are, clo are closing? And I'm like, I am. This is the perfect time to launch. Because all the businesses are closing. <laughs> Absolutely. And who wants to wear restrictive clothing? When this launches, it is the perfect time. Mm -hmm. Could not have picked a better industry. And the one important component about CSU Athletics is we are more than a women's apparel brand. We are a community. Um, a portion of all of our annual sales will go towards 
helping women entrepreneurship and women and organizations that help develop women entrepreneurship. So we are pouring back into our community. We are giving back to women who have a dream, who have a voice, and just need that little bit of encouragement to speak your voice, to continue to shine, to walk in your purpose, and know that someone cares and know that someone is ready to listen and to motivate you to walk in your purpose. Yeah, I, I love it so much. And I we've talked about this on the podcast before too of entrepreneurs that are really trying to do good. And um, Brooke Monahan, she's on the podcast, she calls them high integrity entrepreneurs. And I definitely see that that's what you are. And um, it that means like putting intention and in how you talk to your community and how you build your customer base and what you do with your money as a company and having proceeds give back to companies like that that's going back to what we were saying again like more people we need more people to rise up and do that like if you have even like an ounce of you saying like well if i had a business i would donate to this like then do the business <laughs> because we need more people to making that impact because we all know we have like a problem with large corporations not putting their money in the right place and actually harming things so at every single scale, I think it's important. And I love that you're able to give back. And I just love what you're doing. Thank you. And your comment speaks back to not being afraid of rejection, not being afraid of being told no. And if you are compassionate about something and it's not on the market or you can't find it, create it. Why not you? Why can't you create that business? Why can't you start that business? Is it because there's a lack of knowledge? Is there? Is it because you don't know how? Now we have the internet. So anything you don't know, you can now find. Anything that you need help with and encouraging on, you can find a mentor to do it. It's getting to a point where you no longer have excuses why you can't create something or why you can't be who you aspire to be. It is more, this is what you want, now go get it. Yeah. You got to like own it and, and go after it. And Absolutely. to your point too, um, so we just got back from our honeymoon and we were talking to our scuba diving guide, <laughs> scuba diving on Friday before we left. And I was talking to her on the way back and she was just asking about the trip and going back. And we were talking about things that we wanted to do better. Like after, after we take any trip, like what can we do better going back home kind of thing. And um, I, I shared this in my last solo episode that I wanted to do better at like feeling confident in the tasks that I do and like working through those anxieties or whatever. And she was talking about one of her friends who was afraid to get back in the dating world because she didn't want to be rejected. And so she was talking about how like, like how can we normalize that rejection? So I wonder if a lot of time, and this goes for me too, because again, like I had a very like stable upbringing where I don't feel like I was getting, I didn't, I wasn't rejected a lot. And so that feeling like is not something that I knew. And so practicing is my point. I'm like not being very concise today. I'm sorry. <laughs> but my point is practicing like that reject re that rejection. Um, so if you're like afraid of hearing no, like go do some smaller like unrelated task and get used to people saying no. And in doing that, I think that we would find that it's really not that bad and like the world's not going to end it's not going to hurt that bad if someone says no especially over the internet if like the worst thing that happens is they don't respond like right that's great and i look at dating as you're dodging bullets so if you are reaching out to mm -hmm. someone and they don't respond back it's like Ooh, i just dodged a bullet thank you for not taking me up because a lot of times when you're single you're kind of vulnerable you're kind of yeah in a circle of i don't want to be alone anymore i don't want X, Y, and Z. Everyone else has X, Y, and Z. I should be at X, Y, and Z. It's again, when to me, when you are single, take some time to reflect on you. Take some time to reflect on that little girl inside of you and become a better person. Date yourself. Love on yourself and focus on becoming the partner that you want to be. So when you're going out there dating, you now see those red flags instantly that you can be like ooh, you know what i don't want him 
I'm not even going to respond. His eyes look a little shifty. I'm not even going to reach out to him. He's cute, but his eyes look a little shifty. And right. And it's like, just be true and unapologetic in what you want and who you are. And by putting out that positive energy and by focusing on you, the right person will be drawn to you. The right person will come into your life when you least expect it. And you don't even have to look for them. I think a lot of the points that you've touched on bring us back to self-awareness and cultivating self-awareness, which I'm all about. (laughs) I'm like obsessed with being like probably too far. I'm like overanalyzing every single thing that I do. But I do think self-awareness can serve us in so many different aspects, whether it be dating, like any type of relationship, career, like being able to make the right move. Like you got to be able to drown out the noise and know what you want. Going back to your point of sitting and actually like maybe it's sitting, maybe it's wrestling with like, what actually is that? What do I want? And, and asking like, okay, this is what I'm thinking. Did that come from me or did that come from somewhere else? Do I actually want to do that? Is that something that I actually resonate with? Or is it something that I feel like I'm supposed to be doing? Um, yeah, I think it's all, it's also important. And I appreciate like you being able to shed light on cultivating that. Absolutely. Cause you have to think quiet can be very loud. When it's just you and quiet and empty space, it can be so loud. That Mm -hmm. self-talk, those haunting thoughts, that self-doubt, that little girl who you thought you shoved away and tucked away can just come out and scream and throw Legos and teacups and everything else at you. And so I think a lot of times, us as women, us as humans in, in... general we don't want to sit and be still we don't want to sit in that quiet space because we're afraid of what we'll hear we're afraid of what we will reveal about ourselves and a lot of times if we just sit in that quiet space and we take that time to develop ourselves to listen to us to heal us we'll be such great people on the other side of that will have more intentional, unique experiences and connections with one another because we have took that time to be self-aware. We have taken that time to reflect on our life and what we're afraid of, what we don't have and what we want and be unapologetic for who we are, who we're becoming and our shortcomings, which I think we need to do more of. Yeah, and it takes time to do that. I like always want to reiterate that because it can be frustrating to like want to work all that out and know like for the longest time I couldn't even differentiate the voices in my head like mm-hmm. of who actually like what actually was my thought. Right. And I know that so many people resonate with that or like why well, don't even that's why we're afraid to sit alone because we don't even know what's going on. Like it, it's still like It doesn't feel alone because it's like I'm still having all these thoughts that I'm like, what the heck? Why am I thinking like that? So, yeah, I think the inner work is so important and it's clear that you've done that. And I'm so excited for what you have coming up to wrap things up. I have three questions that I ask everyone. So I'll ask you them as well. Okay, make them good. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I feel like they're good. They're my questions. So, of course, they're good. The first one is what is something you do to find inspiration when you feel uninspired? Believe it or not, I listen to music. And I walk Hmm. and I sit intentionally in space, meaning if I'm not motivated, I unplug and I go sit outside or I go sit near a rock and I'm just silent. I don't write. I tune out the thoughts that I have and I am just at peace until I can get to a place Hmm. of now I feel recharged. Now I feel revamped and ready to go. And then I put on some of the loudest music that I can think of. I rock out for a minute and then I go back to it. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Um, the second question is, is what is something you do that makes you feel like your best self? I laugh. And I do not take myself serious anymore. That was my biggest issue. And walking in this purpose of being an entrepreneur. 
I felt like I had to be a perfectionist. I took myself way too serious. And when I got to a point where I'm like, you know what? I messed up. I wasn't my best. That was hilarious. I'll do better next time. And I stopped taking myself so serious. I just enjoy life a lot better. Yeah, I mean, it shows. I, I'm someone who takes on the energy of other people. And that's one of my challenges with a podcast even, because even though it's like virtual and, you know, I'm supposed to be leading this conversation. I'm not doing a great job today, but, um, you know, I, I talk to a lot of different people and talking to you, like I'm able to take on this like piece that you're bringing to the table, which I very clearly needed today. So that shows. And I can tell that you are a sensitive person that really is intentional about what you say and who you say it to and how you say it. The last thing is where can we find you online and what can we look forward to? So you can find me, of course, on social media. I am on Facebook at Alisa Rose. I am on Instagram at just Alisa underscore Rose. You can find me at CSU Athletics. Um, CSU is uh, Instagram at CSU underscore Athletics. So my focus right now is just building a community and preparing for the launch of CSU Athletics, continuing to grow and love on all of my clients at Art Fitness, to do more podcasts, to inspire amazing women to walk in their purpose, use their voice, and bring that little girl along with them and just impact lives and change lives and continue to be that inspiration to so many women that have so many dreams to just be the best that you could be. <laughs> All right, that is it for this week's episode. I really hope you enjoyed hearing from Elisa. I know that I did and I learned a lot from her and I feel like everything that she said really resonated with me and my journey in trying to figure out what I want to build and how I want to build it. I would so love for you to share this episode with a friend or someone that you think could learn something from it. Also, if you got anything from it, all, from it at all, or you could pick another episode and share that because sharing is the best thing you can do for a podcast. The second best thing you can do for a podcast that you love is write a review on Apple Podcasts. These two things help people know about the podcast and know that it is worth listening to if you're recommending or if you're writing a review both would mean so much to me. Thank you for helping me with my dreams. I hope you have a great week and are enjoying the summer weather wherever you are. If you are somewhere where you get summer weather, hope you're outside enjoying it. The summer is so different than last summer and I'm just like, it feels kind of weird to like lean into it and enjoy it, but I am so enjoying the summer nights that we've had so far and I hope you are too. I'll talk to you in the next episode.